How did I manage to write a book? I had a coach. How did I get a podcast up and running? I had a coach. How did I complete my first marathon? I had a coach. How did I leave my job at the hospital and start my own business? Yes, you guessed it. I had a coach. When things don't feel natural, maybe they're just outside of our comfort zone or scope of practice, it can be as simple as an area that we're just not familiar with yet, and it feels good to have an outside source handhold us through the uncomfortable until we become familiar with the process. I am so stinking excited to introduce you to my coach, executive and marketing coach, Andrea Dale. We were in the middle of a session the other day and I had wished I had hit the record button because I always love her wisdom. I asked her to do an episode together and here we are today. We will talk about how habits do not define us, resetting our baseline, permission to change direction, victory journals, hiking your own hike, uh, and so much more. Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction, Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday and welcome to episode 43, Hiking Your Own Hike in Health. Our podcast interview today is with executive and marketing coach Andrea Dale, who is an avid hiker. I say, keep your eyes on your own paper, where she says, hike your own hike. We were chatting one day about the concept that when we hit that point in any journey where we feel like we fell off the wagon, whether that be in food or exercise or business ventures, we don't fall off the wagon and hit total rock bottom every time. Our rock bottom or our baseline it actually changes over time. Since we're on the topic of hiking, let me give you a great visual. Why don't you go ahead and picture, let's say, a large hill or a mountain. Let's pretend our baseline looks like this. Okay, maybe you had an injury in the last year, which has kept you from doing any intentional exercise. And because the fitness went out the window, then your motivation for healthy eating drastically decreased. You're sitting around more and not drinking as much water. You really feel like all of your good habits don't exist anymore. Okay, you are at the base of the mountain at this point. You're looking up. It probably feels daunting, but you gear up and gain a bunch of motivation and start to do things like increase your water intake, put on a pedometer and walk more, log your food intake, decrease eating out, cook four out of the seven dinners a week. You can visualize this as climbing the mountain. Each goal, each habit is a step forward. Maybe months go by like this, maybe even years, and then you hit a crazy season at work and the wheels fall off. This is the point where we always think, we blew it, it's all lost. This is the rock bottom part. Except if you take a minute to truly look at your habits, and what is still working, or possibly what's fallen away. The truth is that you stopped making dinners and food logging, but you are still wearing a pedometer. 
You're still bringing extra water into work. Your baseline has changed. You are no longer at the bottom of the mountain. You did backtrack a little bit. You slid down a couple trails, but you are not at the bottom. Now, when you gear up to implement your habits again, you already have a few things that are still part of your routine. Again, you're drinking more water still. You're already walking more. So now you need to pull back in those things that you had let go of when the chaos had started, like the food logging and the eating out of your own kitchen. And hear me on this, except now you are wiser. You know that when life gets busy, it's hard to find time to cook. So you decide to pull in a service where dinners show up at your door. This is to preempt the strike of falling away from the healthy eating again if the chaos should should strike at work again, okay? You start food logging again and you even start a yoga class just because it happens to fit into your lunch hour. Climb, climb, climb. You have not only recovered the steps from where you fell back from previously, but now you've pushed further and higher. Another barrier hits. A parent gets sick. Food logging disappears. The yoga class gets put on hold. Except this time, you keep eating dinners out of your own kitchen because they're showing up at your door. New baseline. Okay, I think you're getting the point. (laughs) But your main takeaway from all of this is that your baseline continues to change and quit telling yourself that you completely failed because I highly doubt it. This is where Andrea would be telling us to pull out a journal along this whole journey. If we would have been journaling, we'd have this beautiful proof to look back on and see our progress. Like I had already told you, Andrea is my coach. And so along our journey, she has kept this running list of tasks that I've completed. And I'm telling you, we have been working together for years now. Do you know how cool it is to look back at that running list? It rocks my world, especially on weeks where I feel like I'm not making a lot of progress. I have that list of proof to go back to where I can go, wow, I'm, I'm really doing this. My baseline has changed. Okay, enough chitter chatter on my end. Let's get this interview started. I am so proud to introduce you to my coach. As an executive and marketing coach, Andrea Dale, she helps leaders and business owners who are struggling to influence executive decision makers. Her program, Influencing Leadership for Sales, empowers her clients to develop the crucial connections, visibility, communication skills, and messaging that lead to gaining bigger billing clients. For more information, you can visit her website at tothepoint.coach. This will also all show up in the show notes if you would like to reach out to her at some point. I would highly recommend it. She has just been an absolute blessing in my journey. All right. Welcome, Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm good, although I'm wishing I had a little more coffee, but I will survive. I have water because I'm talking and I'm trying to be good about that. Oh, good. Well, after it'll be our treat when we're done. (laughs) I'm going to throw you right out there and have you dive into a personal story with your journey into hiking because I just believe that it really sets up our story for today just perfectly. So I'm giving you the floor. Okay. Okay give you part of my age or they're not my age now. When I was around the age of 40, um, I did my first, I'm gonna say, really tough hiking trip. And that was in Olympic National Park. And I had lots of experience actually canoeing and backpacking. 
but that is nothing compared to carry your 40 pound backpack. <laughs> right. <laughs> Up and down very dramatic environments, carrying all your food, all your stuff, your tent, that kind of thing. And I hiked with Jim, who is now my long-term partner who I've been with for this makes me 14 years this spring. Anybody who knows me well and knows that I have a lot of energy. Um, I tend to stay pretty fit. Even at 40, I was really, at least I thought I was reasonably fit. We'll just say that. And it was a four-day hiking trip. And after the four days, I was extraordinarily sore, of course, and I was tired. And we had a good time when we went back to Cincinnati from Seattle. And for the first time in my life, I actually had knee pain going up and down stairs. And I heard clicking sounds in my Ooh. knees. Yeah. And I've been someone who has done running for years, many sports, collegiate swimmer. And that was really the beginning of me going, okay, I, I really am liking this person that I'm with. I want to do more hiking trips with this person. He, by the way, I think this makes 17 years ago, had hiked the Appalachian Trail. Um, so he had a lot of this experience and he didn't have the same knee challenges that I did for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I began realizing that I, I actually just stopped running at that point, because I know from experience that when you have knee problems, if you don't do something different, running will just make it worse, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I started changing my health, even knowing that I was already pretty healthy, had good health practices, um, because my, one of my major goals is to still have the same knees that I have now when I am 70, that I'm still able to do, I don't know about Olympic National Park hiking, but to still be able to be pretty active and stay really, really healthy. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And that was, I'm now 53. And it'll tell anybody on my success, there's a part of the Appalachian Trail called Katahdin, which is the end point. It is considered the hardest part of the Appalachian Trail. Well, I summoned a Katahdin, this makes two years ago. And without all the work I did, there's no way I would have had the physical courage, much less the mental courage. And let me note that afterwards, while my legs were certainly sore, my knees did not hurt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your, all your efforts paid off. Yeah. But I will note that it was not a straight line, which is okay. what we're going to talk about today is, is going through that process and, um, you know, the dips and the valleys and uh, the version of what I figured out for my health was bouncing back. Mm -hmm. um, and the other piece was realizing that um, the health practices that I put in place actually impacted everything in my life not just the hiking. Yeah. Because the, uh, the other component is that was the beginning of my career being self-employed as well. I went, I got divorced and I have a couple of young kids. And um, once again, when I was fit, that fitness regime and the different stages of it and my own confidence in it um, impacted everything in my life. Let's pretend that it didn't for a second. And let's say that the only thing you got out of that whole journey was just decreased knee pain. Do you think that you still could have looked at that as a win? Yeah. However, I know, to be honest, I wouldn't have been as motivated because I've learned for myself that anything major that I do, I have to look and have more than one result. Okay. Or I'll just run off the planet screaming because it isn't enough. I mean, everybody's busy. <laughs> everybody's busy. And you have to have more than one reason. And, yes. you know, we'll talk about some of the things that I, that I did during that time that by appearance has had nothing to do with the health. 
but reminded me in a daily business, on a daily basis of the difference it made for me. Um, you know, as a business person, as a parent, um, as someone who has more confidence in myself. Yeah. And, and, and that confidence also is based on the occasional just not doing what I need to be doing, but still finding a way back to that. Right. Which is huge. Yeah. I really want to hone in on at some point finding the way back because. Yeah. It's, that's the confidence builders. I think everybody, you know, stops whatever that their major goal is. So the question is, are you able to find a way back without yelling at yourself too much? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if we started to break this down, let's go back to the, the point where we said it wasn't a linear straight line, right? Yeah. Yeah. That so let's go back and simplify that for everybody. Okay. And this so, kind of reminds me of you and I, when we even first started talking about this, because this relates highly with health and nutrition, as far as people always feel like when they fall off of a routine, they hit this, this baseline, this bottoming out and what you mm -hmm. were trying to say i love your wording with it is that it's it's a different baseline we just reset the bar it looks mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. yeah so when i think about that journey and where that started um i'll be honest in that the baseline was well if i stop running my knees won't hurt anymore <laughs> Let's be honest. I know how to cure this. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, and, and I had to figure something out. And and part of it is that I I was a collegiate swimmer, I've been athletic. Um, part of it was, you know, I had to I define I actually had to find expertise. I couldn't trust myself to like figure out the path because I'd never had knee pain before. Okay, so part of it I think for any of those journeys is is. It's an, I actually chose to go to a personal trainer. Somebody else's journey might be different depending on what they're doing and what they have coming into the picture. Sure. But um, I actually uh, found a personal trainer and I still remember talking to Jason and him basically saying, hey, you know, you're going to have to change some things that you're doing. And, and I'm a coach as well. And I thought, you know, if I ask my clients to take the lead, then I get willing to take the lead too. Mm-hmm. And so part of it for me, and one thing I had to figure out for the change from my stage and that and, and staying on board was I had to find things that were outside of myself to make me do it. If I pay for something, I show up. If I found when I was running, if I had a running partner, I would show up. Right. And I heard you also say this wasn't an area that you felt like it was a little new to you. You'd never yeah. dealt with knee pain. You didn't know the steps to get better. So what'd you do? You pulled in help. You pulled yeah. in an expert in that area. Yeah, I, you know, I found an expert, and I also, I mean, part of it for us is that I was really, I'm, I was really picky. You know, um, the person that I chose to work with has trained hundreds of athletes before he became a personal trainer. So, mm -hmm. because of my background of doing so many sports, um, I really wanted someone who wasn't going to be guessing, but literally could say, "Here's where you try. Here's what our benchmarks are." Here's, you know, how, what it looked like. And, and I began that process. Now, the thing is, when I realized I knee pain, I kind of, I fumbled around for a good year or two. I mean, I didn't run, yeah. but I just didn't know what to do. And, and it took me some time to have the courage to figure out that it, I, I did not have the answers on it, which was scary, you know? Oh, it's so, so me, hard to admit that. Yeah. So hard. But the other piece was I had a choice to make and I knew that, you know, some doctors will be like, oh, just do physical therapy. That, that has its place, absolutely. 
However, if I'm going to go hiking and do really dramatic stuff, I had to actually change what I was doing overall. So anyways, you know, I began working out with Jason and um, doing that and we began changing my diet and that kind of stuff. And, you know, part of what would happen is that I was, I would always go to the workouts because I was paying for them. But every now and then as we'll talk, you know, I would follow the food stuff he was talking about, but every now, like I would keep a journal. Yeah. Not surprisingly, I would suddenly stop keeping a journal when I ate like crap. Yeah. <laughs> totally normal. You don't want to write it down. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, whatever. And when I look at that journey, you know, part of it for me, and, and Jason did this, is tracking the numbers about, you know, the, the workouts that I was doing. For me, it was body fat ratio. For somebody else, it'd be different. I looked in the mirror. I saw how I was feeling. One of the other pieces that I began doing even more is journaling. So I write in the morning three to four times a week. Mm -hmm. And part of what I began noticing was just how I was feeling. So I began seeing those multiple pieces. Now, Jason did not know that. He, should, he was a personal trainer. But mm -hmm. I was still the person I was in, which I tend to do lots of writing. So I, I began looking at those different things. And I also began tracking what I was doing. So I had like, you know, in my journal, you might see a little like hand-drawn like thing of, oh, I worked out three times this week, you know, that kind of stuff, or I journaled or whatever. And part of it is because I have ADHD, which means that sometimes I have difficulty always remembering what I did in the last month. And so I just chose to write it down. Right. Smart. Yeah. And like a lot of um, single parents, picking up, dropping off kids, running a business, all the stuff I accepted that I just had to write it down because it was easier to write it down than try to remember it. Yeah. And it could have gotten lost in the shuffle. Any of those positives yeah. that were happening would have just disappeared yeah. by accident. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that we talk about when I think about bouncing back is looking, I mean, where'd you come from? It's right. like looking back. And sometimes, you know, there are ways to do that. I chose to do a little Excel sheet. If you, if you write your schedule down, you look at your schedule for the last, because if you hire someone, it's on the schedule somewhere. So I go, like, oh yeah, I did do this, whatever. I'd ask Jason, how many sessions have we had? Oh, actually we've had 25 sessions. I'm like, oh, wow. Right, I've done 20 sessions. Years. Yeah, I mean, so you know, if you hire someone, they have those numbers because guess what? You're paying them. They have a right. business. That they'll be happy to give you that information. You know, um, the other piece was that one of the things that I learned in that health journey was that because I trusted the person I was working with and because he listened to me, any workout was a good workout. Yes. You could just let that decision fatigue go out the window. You just got to show up and check. Yeah. Show up yeah. and be fully present yes. in that particular exercise. Now, no, I'm one of those people that I will just go do it. I was rarely ever intimidated by a workout, but every now and then I just look at Jason and go, you've got to be kidding. And he would just look at me and I would do the workout. But I also would give feedback if it was working or not. And the other piece mm -hmm. is, I was going to the joy of menopause. I'm occasionally like, Jason, I can't balance. <laughs> I'm just not going to balance. I've had three hours of sleep and he would give me something else to do. Yeah. Today is not the day. <laughs> so part of what I also learned was that I actually did better when I was easier on myself. Not Ooh, I like this. harder on myself. And has this always been your track record? Have you always been easier on yourself? No, 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 no. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. It's, it's one of those things where, 
you know, it, you finish your workout and you're just like, really? I wimped out. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, no. I showed up. I sweated. I passed. So practicing this self-talk, like how did that transition? Can you even pinpoint that, how that happened for you? Or was it kind of just... The journaling, actually. The journaling. The journaling. I, I did have a... My attitude is that everybody has negative thoughts. The question is, is what do you do with them? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I just let myself put the negative thoughts all on paper. Hmm. And I'd look at it and I'd be like, are these true? And I'd be like, no, I don't suck, usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sense of humor, you know. Yes. Um, you know, it, it would be looking at the numerics of what I was doing. And the other piece is, I mean, I always felt good. I, I, I now at this point, I'm not going to Jason. I just work on a planet fitness. And I guess I'm known as a person who always walks out smiling because I'm always in a good mood and I'm done working out. Right. Well, and now you also have a tool set that you can come back to. You know, if again, you're like, I'm back at that phase of life where I just, I need to show up at a workout and not be thinking yeah. about it. You'd know exactly how to go back to that. You know, part of it sometimes is I, I think for me, there's sometimes a desire to recreate the wheel to a certain extent. You know, you get bored with something, that kind of stuff. And one of the things I had going on my fitness thing when I'm not working with a trainer is that I actually, when I go work out, I actually have three different workouts I can just alternate. If it's an arm workout, I have three of them. I have legs, three of them. They all work, whatever. And one thing sometimes when I have the urge to just kind of like do something different, occasionally I'll do that, but I'm also like, you know what works? The energy needs to be in paying attention to what you're doing, mm -hmm. not in trying to do something different. That's also the ADHD thing going on. It's just the, the what I call scroll in a bottle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of energy or when you're really tired mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, it works, just go do it. Don't question it. Once you get your butt in the car, you will go to the gym. <laughs> yes. It will be good. You will be proud. Yes. Yeah. And I'll be done. You know, um, the other thing that I also learned with doing things myself is that if occasionally I just go for a 10 minute walk instead of going to the gym, if I have a deadline, mm -hmm. if I really had bad sleep, if, if one of my teenage boys, it's really just being, we'll just say interesting. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always have to be, one thing I had to figure out, it was more important that I did something that was some version of a workout yeah. than doing a perfect workout. And a perfect oh, workout doesn't exist. I could not agree more. Yes. And I'm going to pause you there for a second because I mm -hmm. feel like you've hit on some really good things that I want to recap for our listeners right now. Mm -hmm. First of all, there was the initial, your initial baseline which was to get rid of knee pain. And you had a very specific goal that you were working towards. You were like hyper-focused on, I wanna climb, I wanna enjoy life with this other person who's gonna take me on some pretty exciting hikes and vacations. So like, if we are kind of putting endpoints to your line at the moment, that was your baseline and you had that very specific goal you're working towards. You've made it as far as that what you've told us, made it through like the trainer and now you feel like you can do it on your own. What do you call, a fall off for you at this point and where does that reset you on your line like how do you envision all of that we talked a little bit some of the reasons that have nothing to do with working out about why sometimes you don't work out yes um something changes in my business i get significantly more clients i have a big project that's coming up that maybe i underestimated the amount of time it would take and during that time i was doing mostly copywriting so it was different than the work that i do now so sometimes i you know wouldn't work out because um, I was busy working a lot. 
And I would discover that my ability to generate content and be creative, it would run out faster when I wasn't working out because I wasn't taking that time for that mind-body connection. Yeah. Um, and also, the working out alleviated the stress of running a business. It gave me the perspective to run a business. Um, and it gave me the resilience to a certain degree. Because that also, that's often time for myself. It's, it's oh my God, the things I used. I used to take my kids out on the track and like put them in the middle and give them lots of treats and run a track workout. I did yeah. <laughs> It worked, right? Yeah, because that, that's like by the my children were two and five when I divorced. Let's just share that. Now they're they're 18 and 15. So now they just stay home and I'll give them some screen time. I have, I have to admit, or they, God forbid, have to do homework. Right. But anyways, when we look at that, so, you know, the reasons can be anything, whatever they are. And one of the things that I realized, and I realized some of even when my kids were little, was that if I, I could find a way to just get a 20 minute walk in, go out the door. Um, if I can do it, take my phone, turn, take the phone, but don't listen to anything. Actually just go out and pay attention to something else. Mm-hmm. That can be a version of a workout because you're giving yourself a mental break. Right. Now, the other piece is when I would occasionally run off the, you know, get really unhealthy, um, was eating crap. I am known for my love of Doritos. In my family, we did not, we grew up with no pure sugar in the house because my dad was diagnosed early as being pre-diabetic. So no sugar. That doesn't mean like no unhealthy food. It just means we love high fat stuff, okay? (laughs) So um, I I joke more than once that those bags of Doritos that you buy at the grocery store, they're not the snack bag, but like the party bag or in between. You need to just say one serving on the back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I want to figure out how many Weight Watcher points were in one, 40 points. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, which is like, I don't know, when I used to do that thing like two days of eating. So I will, okay, I have been known, I still do it every now and then. I get a bag of Doritos, I get a book, I sit on the front porch, I eat the whole bag. I've learned to wipe my lips so I don't have an orange stain for the next three days and can't leave the house. Okay. So this is what you were telling me about this. And I love this part that it was the mind frame around just because you're having that habit happen, just because you're eating that bag of Doritos doesn't immediately throw you back to Andrea age, whatever, where you picture yourself in a mental, like not in control phase. Right. Well, and what's funny is that I still do it, but I just do it with a much smaller bag now. Yeah. And permission <laughs> to do it. Like you're saying, I know I'm going to do it. Don't you call a gas station Dorito gas station? Isn't there I something? call gas stations the Dorito store. The Dorito store. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you see them. <laughs> but I think so many people do this where they find themselves in an old habit and they hit the panic button and in their heads, it means I failed. I'm back. I've lost yeah. all of my, which goes back to our reset bar. I've lost all the good I've ever done. Yeah. Where a you're lot of, saying, exactly. no. Well, no, I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of it is that when I look at, when I, I used to do the same thing was that, you know, I wouldn't work out for two days. Therefore I've lost all the things I've learned and, and all the, the, the experiences I've had at this point. And then I would do journaling and look at it and go, no, 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 no. I'm still the same person. It's just a coping mechanism. And we all have coping mechanisms. They develop because you're trying to deal with stuff in your life. And at that point in time, they do some version of working and then you outgrow them. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you know, for me, occasion it was the, the junk food thing, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. A lot of what I had to realize was that there's no way I was ever, unless I had truly have dietary reasons that are extreme and some people have that. And I, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. It's like sure. diabetics in my family. My numbers are fine. If you look at my insulin and all those things, I just had to eat less Doritos. Right. Well, you just, again, I just want to really make the point of we are allowed to have junk food. We are allowed to have, it's yeah. just when and how much and, and not to beat ourselves up after it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the other thing that is funny is that when I ate the bigger bag, yeah, I didn't feel good afterwards. Right. During that time. Yeah. But let's be honest that my body was, was not used to that level of a junk food going in there. And I had to deal with the results of that. Yeah. Per se. And, and your then, insight level, like you've become yeah. super insightful. So I, maybe yeah. before you didn't feel as good, but now it's like hyper focused. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's just me, you know, that kind of thing. But the other piece is that, you know, I came to recognize, as you said, that just that habit isn't me. Right. It's a habit. It's a habit. Yes. It's a habit. That's all it is. It doesn't have the word, you know, Andrea. Well, maybe the Dorito bags do have Andrea written on them. I just think they do. Whatever. But you know, everybody has their coping mechanisms. And you know, my attitudes about that kind of stuff these days, I do what I can. I still do it. I still, I mean, because to be honest, there's nothing wrong with sitting on the porch reading your brand new book. No, please not, do it. I, exactly. So it really was time alone. And so yes. my strategy was, yeah, I'm still gonna occasionally do this, but I'm not gonna, you know, beat myself over the head with it. And the other piece is I'm actually gonna minimize the actual intake, and I have done that over. You know, because the thing is, no junk food is ever in our cupboards because it will not stay overnight. It will decay. So it just Which doesn't is, enter the house. <laughs> yes, a great habit that you have formed that works well for you, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, there's the Doritos thing. I'm trying to think about other stuff when you talk about ill-gotten habits. It might be too much time on social media. You know, mm -hmm. that can be really addictive. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just figuring out ways to manage those so that when they do happen, you're like, okay, fine, that happened. So we're, I'm still this person. And, and where do I go from here? Because the other piece sometimes, and I've had this happen, is that like when my dad died from L-time, during that whole two-year time period, I was still working out and I, would, I worked out a, a feat. And my trainer knew exactly what was going on, that I was having an incredibly difficult time. Yeah. And I was incredibly easy on myself during that. If occasionally I didn't work out, I mean, I talked to my partner about it, that kind of stuff. I needed a different level of support. So it's one thing also I'm going to sharing is that when you're going through health stuff, is that you have to take into account the things you never planned for that occasionally happen. You have when your kids is just having a really hard time at school. That can yeah. be really hard as a parent. To deal with and you want to be there for them and you worry about them and that kind of stuff you have a parent that's dying somebody in your life has been diagnosed with a real like, cancer or that kind of stuff well i literally when my dad was going through there was one time period i literally came home and i shut my business down for two weeks because i had to take some time for myself to really figure out and i don't even know what i did during that time period if i worked out or not but i didn't worry about it which is impressive to say, and for, again, listeners' purposes, so Andrea, I've already stated this, but is my coach, and this is on such a lighter level, but like even a summertime for me that mm -hmm. gets crazy with kids, I've so appreciated having an, that external person, that you, to be like, hey, Lynn, 
what are those most important things that you want to keep on the plate? And then yeah. we just gently swipe the other ones off to the side for a minute and we'll pull them back in when you're ready for them. Yeah. That, that to me, I needed that external part to help me settle into the kind part of it's okay. You're going to be able to get done what you can get done where, and, and I know you have a coach too. Like, I just think that's really helpful because people are hard on themselves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a weird combination, at least for me, in that people who know me well know that I can be extraordinarily competitive yeah. um, with myself, and that has its place. Yeah. And it's figuring out how to manage the, the parts of you that are, um, that may, in an extreme, won't work to your benefit, you know? Um, the other thing I was just thinking of is that I'm a great believer that um, when you're going through a transition, a huge transition, that you should choose what you will take on during that time period. Yes. That you just you know, take, you know, even take 10 minutes and go, okay, you know, we're moving. And I've moved a couple of times. Okay, what am I going to maintain the rest of it? And you actually communicate that to the people around you who are involved in it so you don't have to re-navigate that. So literally, like when, I, when my, my kids have seen me go through a lot of stuff, and when, you know, their grandpa was dying, I had those conversations with them. We hugged each other. We grieved together. Um, and I never, as, as, as appropriate, hid anything of that from them because it's their grandfather. And my other component was, they had to see how someone managed to keep somewhat sane in that kind of change. So they got to see that about me and with me not being perfect, but being a real parent. Right. Where it's innate for people to want to protect and not show the emotions mm -hmm. and not show that it's hard, just be the strong one where you're right. Our kids need to see us struggle or how will they ever know it's okay for them to do that? Well, and the other piece is, I will not deny that during that time period, there are a couple times I get up at night, go downstairs, eat something out of the fridge I shouldn't. I don't yeah. really care at that point. Go back up, go to bed. Nobody sees me. It's time to yeah. on, whatever. You know, and, and it, was, it was not a normal time period. Right. But that's one thing. When you look at all the health stuff, that, that's what they don't talk about. You don't spend all your days planning what to eat. Right. It right. work that way, you know? And a lot of people have that expectation on themselves that it doesn't matter what's going on in external life. I should be able to handle this component of my life no matter what. And it's real mm -hmm. to say, no, we can't. Sometimes you, there's just too much going on. I think it's really helpful for listeners to hear this shifted outside of nutrition and fitness and let's put it all in coaching. And like when you're helping other business owners go through their process of developing their business or when you see reset bars, cause the same thing's happening with them, like trying to build a business, life happens, somebody gets sick, like you bump back down on your progress. Can, can you go into yeah. that? So, you know, when I work with clients and it's typically business owners, similar to we talked about at the top of this call and talked about my goals is we set we don't set these affirmation goals. We set real, you know, when I reach this goal, here's what's going to be going on in my business. Here are the things that are within my control. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing also. I think it has to be, you know, I'm under 15 clients. I'm like, okay, what are the actions behind getting 15 clients? So we have that 90 day goal, whatever that may be. And, you know, I stick with them, you know, and talk two to four times a month as we go through that process. When we look at when people, 
tend to kind of step back from your goals, there's a couple things going on. Sometimes, and I think this can happen for health, you get in the midst of it and suddenly realize you want to change direction. Yes. And then it's okay to change direction. I mean, I'm the one, and it's very common for someone first time working with a coach about halfway through, they're like, wait a minute, now that, I, now that I'm really doing this, this isn't working, or I found out something better, or it, it needs to shift, or a new story showed up. And it's giving yourself permission to, to reset your goal. But the other piece is you actually have to do reset it as consistently as you did the first time around. It's like, you know, yeah, I, I want to have healthy knees and I don't know, or some other healthy part. I got to be specific about that or once again, right. I'll lose that motivation. Right. Um, you know, so that's one piece that I will see. The other piece that I see happen is the individual does have change going on and they get overwhelmed. And often the place that I play a role is I'm going to sit down and say, okay, let's just, what are the next three things you need to do on this particular area? Mm-hmm. And we literally map them out and I get them focused. So sometimes for most people, and I'm the same way is, okay, health. No, 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 no. I don't have to completely redo everything for the next two weeks. I just need to go back to what I was doing to begin with. Yes. I'm like, okay, what do I do? Oh yeah. I work out three days a week. Well, I've done that before. Okay, I drink I just, water. Yeah, I, I drink water. I, I, need, I need to make sure I'm grocery shop more consistently. Because that's yes. other thing. Grocery shopping kind of flies off the handle too. When you get busy with family. Remembering what works. Ah, exactly. yes. So it's going back to that. And the thing that's kind of interesting is that what's more important is the doing versus the thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it is in black and white on the page. So sometimes what I do with clients, and you and I do this often, um, it's writing stuff down. And not overthinking it, keeping it, keeping right. it simple. Next action only. Says, okay, you're only overwhelmed, just pick the next action. Okay, I put my shoes out for getting ready the next morning. Okay, next morning, I got up. 15 minutes late, yeah, but I got up. I got up, got my shoes on. Oh, I forgot my water bottle at the gym. Well, that's why they have water at the gym. Don't yeah. worry about it. Go to the gym. I did this recently. Yeah. Show up. Yeah, I mean, it's those things where you're like, you know, don't beat yourself over the head for being normal. Oh, right. And so people do get stuck in the thinking process, right? That's yeah. just normal. And, and that's where coaching is super helpful, especially for me when I know that I'm going to show up and I need to answer to you. And I rarely have done all my goals that we set, but I've at least always done one, you know, yeah. if, if not more. So it's progress. It's... Well, and the other piece is that sometimes you may not reach your goal, but sometimes I ask, what have you learned in this process? So sometimes mm-hmm. when people try things, mm-hmm. um, you look at habits, they need to change their environment or they need to let the people know in their circle things are going to be different. Sometimes right. a, part of it is what I've learned when people have new habits is sometimes for a little while, if it's a big goal or a big change, it's okay to have a near miss as long as they're closer to it. Oh, right. well, it's this much better. Sometimes what I find with clients, I think is a really good exercise is to go, what did I admire about what I was able to do? What did I like about it? Because most of us tend to go, oh, I hated this, right? I'm like, no, no, no. What went well? Right. Oh, well, this went well. I got up in the morning and didn't wake up my partner in the process when, silly <laughs> <laughs> yes. thing, but I mean, that's the other thing. When you have fitness, it impacts your family. It impacts yeah. people around you. When someone tried to tell me how to be fit, I just said, thank you, and just kept on going versus trying to disagree with them. But, yeah, all that stuff that happens when you change your health habits and, yes. and the environment is trying to do some version of, wait, you did this before, now you're doing this, how do I deal with this? 
because most of us don't live alone. We have people around us or whatever. Oh my goodness. I always say, I wish I could steal people and just for like a solid month and take away all the surroundings and do, and just let the habits start to develop because it is, it's the external that we just let it yeah. catch us and throw us. You know, one of the reasons why coaching works for me, I believe, is that you set the goals and as people figure out how that plays through in their business or their life, coaches help them stay on track as whatever challenges they have usually represent themselves in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. But everybody has their own sets of stories about who they are and what they're capable of doing. And it is difficult to change that story. It and, is. you know, when I look at most people, when I look at it as a coach, the other thing I also look for is everyone is competent in some part of their life. And, right. and, I, and a lot of what I sometimes try to do is to borrow from that. What have they learned from that that could apply to currently? So if someone's had, you know, having an issue with getting things done at work, I'm like, why are you getting things done? Oh, well, I, I love cleaning. Now, I hate cleaning, but that's okay. So I'm like, okay, you like cleaning? My mind's running away screaming, but <laughs> like, what do you like about it? And I'm like, okay, how could that apply to work? And they're like, I've never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you ask this kind of questions all the time. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> let's think on this yes we're getting somewhere so that's one thing for health is when you look at health practices and those things is it's okay to be a little creative and a little different because it'll hold your interest you'll be more interesting yeah you know that kind of stuff it's 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 okay to be your version of different it's like some women i know for example you know they want when they go to the gym they want to look good nothing wrong with that if it gets them to the gym cool right yeah, me, I put my hat on. I hope nobody sees my bed head, but that's yeah. me. So that's the other thing is not judging how you choose to do it versus you're just doing it. Doing it. Eyes on your yeah. own paper. Yeah. Yeah. Hike yes. your own hike. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Hike, hike your own hike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to make sure we get around to your, you had great coping habits that you do as a coach for others and that you've pulled in as yourself and you've kind of walked through them, but just to bullet point them and to remind you of this, like you encourage others to write down a reminder list of all the things that they are doing now if they feel like they've totally fallen off the wagon. Can you kind of go through that list yeah, for us? Yeah, I was, uh, so when I look at that, look at the reminder list, there are two things, ways you can deal with that. One is, you know, like what did I do the last two weeks? But the other one is if you are writing, creating a victory journal. Mm -hmm. So in that journal, you write down every day, every success you've had, and you actually start building that list. So when you wake up at night and go, oh God, look in the mirror. I'm like, no, 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 go look at the list. Go look at the yes. list. Choose. So that, that's one. Another one is, you know, whether it's writing, whether it's recording, whether it is a sympathetic ear who will not try to fix, okay, getting all of those negative thoughts out of your head and yes. questioning their validity. Is this really true? Is this always true? Right. Not, not believing everything your little lizard brain is trying to tell you, okay? Um, that's one thing we're saying, realizing your mind lies to you at times. When you say mind, I think it's more thoughts, and you have permission to question. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, just watch that thought keep on walking. Just keep on going. Oh, I like it's, that. It's not me. You know, yeah. this is, this is, my little, I said recently, I said, those, that, those thoughts aren't me. I'm like, those are not I, relevant. So literally you can visualize a thought, see it, see the words or the thought, however you picture that and just let it, 
I think of them as lives. hamsters for some strange reason because yeah. hamsters are innocent, but they run in circles and don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> which is often negative thoughts, you know. <clears throat> One that, exactly. No, I'm sure hamsters are cute. No hamsters were harmed in this message, but yeah. <laughs> for some reason, that's how I think about it. So. The last one we talked about a little bit that I've also done is I realized sometimes when I was stepping back and not feeling good about myself, that I needed a visual reminder of where my baseline had changed. Mm -hmm. Because I would act as if I was that person who, you know, had that first hiking trip and had the knees and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't remember everything that I'd done. So I created this weird version of a graph. There's no math in here, no X, Y, you know, whatever. So, you know, what I would have is that on one line, let me think here, on the, yeah, on the left side, I would have all the different things that I do. So now, I, you know, I journal, I work out three times a week, I eat healthier, I buy healthier food for my partner, you know, that I eat more fiber, all that. Smaller bags stuff. of Doritos. Exactly, smaller bag of Doritos, because no Doritos would be a sad thing. So anyways, <laughs> and then I have the time period, the which is actually months, not weeks, but months, or even years. And literally, I can start, you know, when it was, when I was 40, which was a version of zero, even though it wasn't, it's just got to start somewhere. Sure. And I literally can see where those habits, where did I start? Where did I go? And then what I actually have done since that time is I've redone the graph. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the starting point isn't at zero. The starting point is three years ago. Right. So it reset the bar. Yes. And that visual is awesome. And yeah. people could make that whatever they wanted that to look like for them, whatever makes sense in their own head. But well, I, the, is don't hide it, put it on your fridge, put it in your office. If somebody asks you what it is, mm -hmm. just tell them and say, Hey, it's just a reminder of, of how much work I've done. Right. Right. It's another component of your victory journal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more graphic style yeah. of it. And God forbid, don't use Excel. Just use crayons or a pencil or whatever. Don't yeah. don't overdo it. Don't overthink don't, this one. Don't Pinterest don't it. This. Don't have some fun with it. I mean, seriously, it'd be one of those color, you know, the coloring books for one of those could be it could be that, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think the important part that we're hearing is get it down. And people don't always do that. Like you've gotta you've got to acknowledge it and then what you had mentioned even in the middle of the night, like whenever those negative thoughts come to us to, to take a conscious choice to turn towards your victory journal, to, to go towards that, because that's the other thing, like some people can have this down, but then in the moment, it's like that tool set goes out the window for them, the negative. Well, and the other piece, if you can deal and it depends, sometimes partners can play this role, sometimes kids, is to give the people around you permission you know, there are two things like with Jim, when I'm in a good mood, he really texts me and said, do you want sympathy or for me to fix? Oh, what a great question. It was, I bet, admitted I'm like, oh, really? I have to choose? I, <laughs> I admit that was my response. But I asked him to do that. I need okay. to start asking people that because I think I lean on the fixing side. You've said that a couple times. I'm like, oh, I better make sure I'm not always trying to fix. I, but, I can but see. But definitely with your kids, you can kids and be like, hey, mom, what about your victory journal? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, victory journal. Because they'll be like, I need a victory journal. Like, you do need one. Mm -hmm. so it's but again, permission to those permission who we 
will let do that without being super annoyed that they're well, doing it. It's got to be very specific language. It can't be complicated. And the other yeah. component is you've got to agree that it's not something someone yells out in the middle of the grocery store. Right. Right. They yeah. have to know you. They have to understand when it's like yeah. needed, appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, that's Andrea, something I can... that you people. So, yeah, go ahead talk to you for two more hours you have a client <laughs> i snagged yeah. her in between clients so i need to start letting you go is there any last moment thoughts before before i do no thank you for you know interviewing me on this topic i appreciate well, the opportunity to talk about it and i'm hopeful um i hope that it'll be helpful to those who are listening to your podcast i know it will and i really appreciate your open and your honesty with all of it and i love one of the things that I don't know if I read it on your website or where I saw it, but like this gleaming, what I would love to hear about somebody, it's when Andrea speaks, people take action. And I feel that way. And I hope that from this podcast, that listeners, if you do one thing, maybe you start a victory journal, whatever you glean from Andrea today, I hope that that is a take action type of day in this stuff. So mm -hmm. thank you again. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Everybody have a good day and we're done. We're done. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you could picture that exact person that needed this, I am always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2019 the year we are going to just pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also forever appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to information and keeping an open mind to what your journey looks like now, within a year, the next five years, slow and steady, all. It's not instant gratification, and therefore, it's not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of your years and for every season of life. I cannot wait to catch up next Friday. Cheers to health and happiness.